0: Got Lego, we've got going to the movies. You know what I mean? Like we've all got <laughs> hobbies. We don't need any more bloody hobbies, right? But we do need to make money as business owners. And so um I think that you know you must be seen to sell.
1: That is Chris Docker, my personal business mentor, a serial entrepreneur, the best-selling author of Rise of the Yupreneur. He's also a well-known youpreneur FM podcast host. Today, we're truly in for the treat. We're going to discuss about common mistakes prevent new entrepreneurs to build a profitable personal brand-based business. As you can tell nowadays, it's not that difficult to slip on the label, say, I have a personal brand-based business, but a profitable one and a long-lasting one is a very different story. Secondly, we're also going to talk about the right and the wrong ways to use affiliate marketing for your business. We also discuss the best ways to get noticed and be trusted by your audience and why you must be seen to sell to be a leader in your industry. All coming up for you from Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition podcast, episode 045.
0: Welcome to The Godly MBA, Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter.
1: Hello, Kelly here. Welcome to the NBA Podcast. Thank you for being here. I know you have many choices. My team and I are super honored that you give us your precious time. If this is your first time, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any power pack episode. And your reviews on iTunes serves as a fresh dose of blessings to me and my team. We will really appreciate it. This time, Chris and I, we sat down to chat about mainly how to build a future-proof business. But guess what? We cover such a wide range of the things for you, from what is a cassette tape all the way to generational impact. And of course, with Chris, we got to have some serious fun moments about how he got caught stealing. Can you tell we are into a very exciting episode? Do you want to know what he stole? Now,
0: let's chat with Chris.
1: Hello, Chris. So honored and happy that you come back to the show.
0: I'm equally as honored and happy that you want me to come back on. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, congratulations to the Youpreneur, the rise of the Youpreneur, the book.
0: Thank you very much. That was uh, that was a fun couple of weeks after the launch of that book. We just we just finished launching it, as you know, at the end of February, and uh, we were very 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 happy with the success of the launch. Now, however, it's not you know it was never actually about a sprint with this book. It was always about the marathon uh, attached to it and the message behind it and how we want to help not just a f- you know a few thousand people, but hopefully tens if not hundreds of thousands. And so, yeah, now now we go into maintenance mode, as I call it, and make sure that it continues to get into plenty of people's hands every week, you know.
1: Well, I appreciate that uh, your time today because I know that you just came back from a long trip. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was a long trip. But, you know, I, I I don't know anyone that does a short trip to promote a book when it comes out. I think everyone does ridiculously long trips to do it. it it's become a little easier, I think, from an author's perspective, because now people expect things like, you know, podcast tours and things like that rather than actual kind of speaking tours and book signings and all that sort of stuff although i did a couple of book signings i you know i did speak what one two three times when i was on the trip uh but it was mostly you know it it was just one of those one of those trips that kind of just uh dragged out a little bit for one reason or another but i'm happy that we uh I'm, i'm happy that we got to spend some time together when i was in england that was great
1: yeah so since we are on this topic, uh, mm-hmm. I thought I really want to ask hopefully some different questions, uh, for the podcast interview. That the first one is, you know, nowadays the entry level is not that difficult to say build a personal brand, mm-hmm. but a profitable one is another story. So can you share with us that some common mistakes that new entrepreneurs make to prevent them to build a profitable personal brand based business?
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the entry barrier is very low. Anybody can ultimately get started online and say that they're building a brand, right? Um, But I think that, you know, there's the right way to do things in the wrong way to do things in regards to that. We'll not maybe talk so much about the building side of it. But like you said, the monetization, the two big things for me that I see people struggle with um, and and quite frankly, make mistakes with when it comes to monetizing their brands is number one, they, they get on the affiliate marketing bandwagon right out of the gate and they start trying to use what little bit of influence that they might already have built up. Um, to just make money and so they're they're pitching products that maybe are not related to their target market all that well um you know they're pitching services or, or products that are you know not being used by them personally so they can't stand behind the product themselves i always believe that as an affiliate marketer and i don't even like that term if i'm to be very very yeah, honest with you, I, I I don't know what term I like to use other than that, um, you know, a promoter of online services. I mean, it all sounds a little bit sleazy to me. Um, I just think, you know, the fact of the matter is affiliate marketing is a great way to market or rather to monetize your personal brand if you do it the right way, which are, you know, you know, ways where you're getting behind a product that you can genuinely stand behind and say, this product, this product is great. I use it myself. It'll help you do likewise. Or if you don't use it yourself, at the very least, the product has to be relatable to the people that you're working with, right? Mm -hmm. So regardless of what industry or, or niche you're in, as long as the product is related to what they are doing and how you are serving them, then you know it's a good it's it's a good product to promote. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those weird terms. I think affiliate marketing. It sounds a little sleazy, but honestly, it is a great way to make money from your brand if you do it for the right reasons and with the long term in mind. Uh, and the other thing, um, one of the easiest ways to be able to monetize your brand, and without a doubt, probably the lowest hanging. Fruit in terms of monetization is you. It's your time. It's coaching. It's consulting. Um, It's ultimately, yes, trading time for money, uh, but by providing a service to the people that are what you are all about and are in love with you for whatever reason, for whatever it is that you're doing for them. Um, The issue with this, though, and this is where a lot of people do make mistakes, is that they charge way, way less than they really should. For their time and for their experience, and people will pay to download your experience level uh, and the things that you've learned in your career um, more so today than they ever have done before in the in the history of business. Fact. So you know, if people are happy to pay for that, um, then you should be happy to charge what you're worth uh, and and not lower your value ultimately as an expert in your niche. So they're the two big big, big, big errors that people make that not standing behind the right kind of products uh, as, as, as as a promoter or as an affiliate and then obviously charging too little for their time, which is just horrifically bad for anybody, really. Our time is our most valuable commodity. We should be charging what we're worth, you know?
1: Well, I, I kind of just laugh because I just came back from your wrong table, Mastermind. And I just want to point out, this is pretty much... The pricing uh situation is across I think each single level as a week grow. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean we we had what we had like twelve people in that room as part of the round table. And, and and for those of you tuning in that don't know what this is, it's it's my high-end inner circle mastermind. It's a it's a paid mastermind. Kelly is a member of it. Um and you know, there was twelve people in that room and every single person in that room at some point Within that two days with each other, um, had me tell them that they needed to charge more, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Well, there was one or two of you actually—not Kelly, I will say—not Kelly, but there was one or two of the roundtable members in the room where I kind of, uh, I kind of was just a little perplexed about the fact that they were charging so little for what they were providing their clients. And I believe that there's going to be quite a lot of changes in the next 90 days before we meet again. So let's see. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you know, I know that you soon going to relocate back to the beloved England, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, your audience as well, since I'm your community leader. So this, I don't know, this podcast interview, kind of a lot of behind the scene talk. <laughs> um, You know, your audience, our community, the UPRNORS mm-hmm. pretty much is 50% from, uh, you know, North America and then 50% uh, UK, Europe, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. When it comes to the entrepreneurial mindset, do you see any difference between, you know, these two? Because I heard so often, because I, I have many friends on both sides, and um, I feel like sometimes when, you know, especially people come to a conference and they how they, you know, evaluate the speakers and stuff like that, they will say, you know, it's different, and it's different how we do things here and stuff like that. So what do you... Think about that?
0: I think that um, it is a little different. Uh, I I will say the one thing that I'm very, very proud of at this point um, is that we do have that very kind of clear, pretty much 50 50 split between US and European members now. Whereas when we first opened the doors back in late 2015, it was probably about 70% US, 30% Europe. So I'm glad and I'm very, very proud that we've been able to level things out. Obviously, the US is always going to be one of, if not the biggest market for anybody doing business online, just because of the sheer size geographically of the country. And the fact that everybody's online like 24 hours a day, unlike us Europeans, although some of us are getting there a little bit. But I, I I believe truly that the US will always be that leader in terms of customer bases for people doing business on the internet. And there's a whole bunch of other reasons, you know, attached to that reason or, or that that ideal, ideology because of the fact that, you know, also particularly in the UK, let's talk about the UK very quickly, very conservative markets still don't really do any massive amounts of shopping online although it is increasing year on year on year but if you were if you if you were to take that per capita and you were to put it you know up against and opposite the u.s the u.s would far outweigh percentage point wise how many people buy online each day compared to how many people don't in the uk so it's you know there's a lot of parameters that play into those statistics and those numbers but i'm proud i'm very proud that we've been able to increase our european fox Foothold in the UK, and I think one of one of the reasons why is because obviously I'm a I'm a Brit, and I am being quite vocal about the fact that you know you don't need to be in America to make money and make a really good career and make a great amount of money online. Uh, You can do it from places like the UK and all over Europe, and so when we hold. The UPO summit in London for the first time in November last year, and we had 37 countries represented there. I knew I'd, I knew I'd sort of achieved that goal. So I'm glad that you point it out. I think it's great. And there are differences. There are definitely differences in the mentalities um, and the personalities of people from the United States and and obviously Europe. I think. The conservative nature of Europeans comes into play quite a bit, particularly when you look at people on stage and they're speaking. They tend to be a little bit more, um, uh, uh, and this isn't everybody, obviously, but I would say you know the majority of European speakers tend to be a little bit more reserved. They're a little bit more, should we say, humble, a little bit quieter, potentially maybe a little, a little bit more shy. Um, although not all of us have a problem with shyness, obviously, um, but, uh, but, you know, that there are some of us that are more outgoing and do have slightly larger than life personalities like myself. And that will come out in what we do, whether it be on stage or, or on an interview like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the United States, you know, people tend to be a little bit more brash, a little bit more in your face, a little bit more faster speaking a little bit more kind of hustle and grind kind of mentality and i think that's great um there's nothing wrong with it in fact actually it makes the playing field quite enjoyable because you never quite know what's going to come your way when you're doing business online because of those quite different extremes i will say though that there is that as my good friend michael hyatt calls it that messy middle uh of people in between whereas You get the, you know, the American, um, you know, listeners, viewers, subscribers, customers will be a little more reserved and maybe not so outgoing, a little bit more introverted. Mm -hmm. Whereas then you'll try, you know, you'll get quite a lot of the, uh, you know, the the Europeans like myself who are are a little bit brash, who are a little bit upfront. Um, So there is that kind of messy middle between the two, that crossover there. Uh, But I think overall... Uh, Although there are differences between the two different, you know, sides of the world, so to speak, the overwhelming balance is that everybody that I like to work with anyway comes to the, you know, they come to the table with the right mentality and the right attitude of, you know, wanting to serve first and then sell later. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, if you do that, then you're in a great spot to build Uh, You know, a business that's not only going to make money for you, but also one that's ultimately going to become future-proof as well as as time goes by.
1: Yeah, I think you point out that the most important part of, uh, I think more and more uh, people were looking for the leaders Uh, they Really focus on a long term game, not the long game, not just mm-hmm. uh, you know. We see so many marketers that you know they just put the money in a lot of Facebook ad, and then they <laughs> launch their so called. Uh, yeah. I have made this uh, XYZ amount of money in this XYZ amount of days, and uh, they just launch after launch the the formulas. And I think I'm sure that you saw. Plenty of those, and I guess that's yeah. why people kind of sick
0: tired of. But the thing is, I, I I think that I think that the society at large are becoming smarter to that sort of type of thing. Uh, they can smell that kind of BS from a mile away, and I think that um, you know the people that do these things, where that you know I will help you build a business. Um, and, and you will make a hundred thousand dollars. You will have a six figure business, you know, in, in the first year, but then what they're not, you know, uh, 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 should we say, um, acknowledging from the outset is yes, you might bring in six figures of revenue in the year, but you're going to have to spend 60 grand (laughs) on Facebook ads to bring in that 100 grand. Right. So, you know, I, I think that, um, People are just becoming smarter, Kelly, that they can smell up that, that stuff from a mile away now. Um, and they will turn to people like you and I and the other members and leaders inside of the Upreneur community, who are there for the long term, who are there wanting to do good things and not just make quick, fast money, and that do genuinely, like I say, come from a place of serving first. Um, and I think you know that's a term that's getting thrown around quite a bit at the moment as well, you've got to serve, you've got to serve. I've been saying it for years and years and years. Um, and I'm still around, so clearly it's working for me. There's no reason why it can't work for other people as well. I'm nothing special, quite frankly. I just work hard, and I do I do work for the right people in the right way.
1: Well, sorry. It's a biblical principle, so that's how it goes. That's
0: uh,
1: right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, so, Chris, I mean, one of the most frequent asked questions I got is, among all this noise, right? Uh, how how can I build my personal brand? Uh, you know, let me reframe. What are the best ways to get noticed?
0: Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think you know this will come down to content, right? At first and foremost, we want to become somebody's favorite to be a leader you've got to become somebody's favorite, right? Somebody's favorite speaker, podcaster, blogger, author, whatever, coach, whatever the case may be. So, you know, and the way that we do that in in today's world is that we create, publish, and market great, high quality, valuable, original content to help solve problems and answer questions for the people that we're wanting to ultimately attract into our, our own with content we're spoilt for choice nowadays i mean we're more spoilt than ever before when it comes to all of the different platforms i mean the questions you will have is well where do i start do i write a blog do i record youtube videos Hmm, maybe i become a podcaster (gasps) but wait there's live video on facebook oh and i can create infographics too oh and social media and then there's twitter and then everything becomes very 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 overwhelming right extremely overwhelming and the fact is you can't be everywhere all the time and honestly you kind of don't want to either because once you spread yourself too thin like that you're not going to show up in the right way for those right people um you know in 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 any fashion so my advice is always just to pick to one one or two content streams that you personally Feel very, very comfortable in creating, because if you don't feel comfortable in creating this type of medium of content, whether it be blogging or video or podcasting or live video or whatever the case may be, um, if you don't feel comfortable, then you're not going to stick with it. You're not going to be consistent. And consistency is everything when it comes to building a personal brand online, if you're not being seen on a regular basis because of the new, fresh content that you're creating and publishing, then you'll be forgotten.
1: That's simple. And And so,
0: you know, the consistency is really, really important. So if you're a good writer, then become a great blogger. If you're a good talker, then become a great podcaster. If you have no problems being in front of the camera, then become a great YouTube star, you know, just create content that you feel you're going to be able to create and show up over and over and over again with. And as time develops and time goes by, something magical will happen, right? Your audience, the people that you start attracting organically will show up and they'll start telling you what they need help with, what questions they've got, what struggles they're having. And once you you start getting all that feedback from them, you can then go back to the drawing board a little bit, if need be, and start coming up with new, fresh ways to be able to answer those questions and provide solutions to those problems. But ultimately, it comes down to consistency. You've got to be seen and be found in a consistent basis, and to be able to do that right, you've got to pick a platform that you feel comfortable with.
1: Well, that's so true. And I'm just about to say that you often say another sentences. We also have to be seen to sell, right? Yes. Now a word from our sponsor. Lead Pages. Lead Pages generates leads and sales for your business on the web in emails, via text messaging and on social media. It's one of my favorite tools because it has saved me and my clients. A lot of time and money every single year. The drag and drop templates allow you to set up a proper trackable campaign in no time. And the newest feature called checkout. It enables you to collect payment right from your lead pages with Stripe account. It's a no-brainer. You can join the 14-day free trial at kellybalder.com forward slash. Lee Pages. Now, back to the
0: show. <laughs> Every influencer needs to be seen to sell. I say it all the time, and it goes back to what we were joking about a little bit with the roundtable discussions on pricing. Um, you know, it's great to create this free content. You must create this free content. You must publish it. You must market it. You must do it t- in order to be found and become somebody's favorite. But you can't do it forever. Because that's not a business. That's a hobby at that point. And we don't need another hobby. We've got the gym. We've got Lego. We've got going to the movies. You know what I mean? Like we've all got (laughs) hobbies. We don't need any more bloody hobbies, right? But we do need to make money as business owners. And so um, I think that, you know, you must be seen to sell in order to build influence. People will respect you more if you charge for your time and you charge properly and appropriately for your products and your courses and your services and your live event tickets and all the rest of it. So things important to to be seen to to sell.
1: Okay guys, if you did not take anything from this podcast, that is the most important thing you That's need to one. remember. Yes. So Crystal, so what, what is one of your Godly MBA moments? We say, you know. The marketing beyond ambition—that is the whole mission of this podcast—and I'm sure you got gazillion of it.
0: Yeah, I've got. To, I mean, so the last time I was on your show, we talked about how a gentleman uh, came up to me at my uh, one of one of the book signings I was doing and told me how my book had helped him after uh, getting over the grief of losing his wife and being left with a child and all that kind of stuff. So. That, I mean, that still tops it. That still tops it, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I don't think I've come across a moment better than that and more rewarding than that um, under the circumstances, obviously. Uh, but but I am reminded, as you asked me this question again, I'm reminded of something that happened when I was 15 years old that very, very recently, whoops, I'm banging the microphone here, very, very recently came full circle for me. So um, when I was 15 uh I really, 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 really wanted to take out of the library an audio book by a gentleman by the name of Zig Ziglar, who, which I'm sure your audience are very aware of Zig and his legacy. Um, the problem was that uh, I was 15. And if you were under the age of 16 at that time, you could not take out audio cassettes. You could only take out books. Um, but this was an audio book. It was called "See You at the Top." It's probably Zig's most popular, most sold title. I would have thought out of all the books that he wrote. Um, I actually have. I'm going to say, hold on. Where is it? <laughs> I'm I'm looking for it behind me now. For those of you listening to audio, I'm not disappearing. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm going to try now. I can't find it. Okay, I thought I had a original. 1980s reprint of this book uh, but I can't find it it's lying around somewhere I do have it it's lying around somewhere but I can't see it for now but anyway I got I got the audio cassette um I I I didn't take it out of the library legitimately however I decided to steal it there you go I Uh was a yes (laughs) I was a common 15 year old uh thief and so (laughs) I (laughs) so I took it home And I was in my bedroom listening to this cassette. Now, I understand when you're 15 in the UK, there aren't many people around you that know who Zig Ziglar is. Mm -hmm. I I want to explain that very, very importantly, because not many people in the UK even today know who Zig is uh, or Zig was. Um, And, you know, it was even more so ridiculously uh, rare back in, you know, the late. What are we looking at here? The late 80s. Right. So. um the fact is that I was listening to the cassette. My mother was walking by in my bedroom. She heard the voice of Zig Ziglar, who is, you know, a Southern American. I think he was originally from <laughs> Texas somewhere or something like that. And, you know, he's got you're going to have anything in life that you want just as long as you help many other people get what they want. <laughs> and I just fell in love with Zig Ziglar's voice, with his teaching, with his stories. I fell in love with all of it. Um, but my mother had no idea who this gentleman was. And she walked into my room and she heard it. And then she asked me where I got the tape. Now, my mother was a very very old school, good Catholic Irish lady. Uh, I was born and raised as a as a Catholic. Uh, I still practice the Catholic faith to this day with my own children. Um, but she was, I mean, she was old school Irish Catholic lady. She got it out of me. I couldn't lie to my mom. I mean, like she was going to find out even if I tried. So I didn't even <laughs> attempt to. I just told her immediately where I got it and how I got it. And she she then led me down one of the high street or one of the streets in in Wimbledon back down to the library by my ear, literally by my ear, um, praying to Lord, pr- 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 <laughs> praying to the Lord for, to forgive her son and all this sort of type of stuff. And uh, eventually I got to the library and she walked in. And she said, this, this, this is Christopher Ducker. He stole from this library and I want you to punish him. And so I gave the cassette back, and my punishment was I had to turn up at the, at, at the, at the library one hour every day uh, for an entire month after school to put the index cards back into alphabetical order. Oh, God, it was brutal. One of the most <laughs> brutal experiences of my life. And, uh, you know, needless to say, I've never stolen a thing since. <laughs> I learned my lesson. And um, I have now I, I'm still here now, a massive Zig Ziglar fan. And the reason why this comes very much full circle is because via Rise of the Youpreneur, um the Zig Ziglar family discovered the title um, and asked me to come onto the Zig family podcast to talk about the book and my Zig moment. So I told that story. Um, And I thought it was both hilarious and quite heartfelt. So um, that was the uh, that that was my my Zig moment. And uh, still, you know, here I am in my mid mid 40s now. So we're talking almost 30 years. I mean, you know, I'm just about to turn 45 in a couple of months from now. Almost 30 years later, I'm telling you this story about a man who changed the way that I look at self-development all those years ago as a teenager. And here I am now as a grown man with four children of my own um, and and still talking about him literally on a, if not a weekly, definitely on a monthly basis. So it just goes to show you when somebody enters your life, even in a illegal way, <laughs> um, they can still leave, they, they can leave a very lasting impression on you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I don't know whether that's such a godly MBA yeah. moment I'm not
1: sure Well, I yeah, really. I, I tried to spin it now Okay, let's try uh, okay, So yeah,
0: spin on it for <laughs> me, go ahead So number
1: one, people uh, I think I learned from that story is One, don't steal Do not steal That's one of the okay. 10 commandments Yeah <laughs> Um. Two, that obviously um, It doesn't matter your accent think about that so many years ago right This probably the American Texan accent it works it works right. in the, in the right. Irish home so yeah. uh you know many uh, myself included uh, we have I totally have a mess up accent between I mean among Mandarin English German Japanese I mean just max up
0: but, but 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 I will say, I will add very quickly that I have absolutely no problems understanding you in any way, shape, or form. And I think that um I don't I, I can't foresee anybody else having issues with it. I think a lot of these things are also self-confidence issues that we struggle with. Um, you know, I I often, believe it or not, I, I have problems with lights on stage because of my my bald head. I don't I don't like to be lit from above. Because otherwise, the top of my head looks very, 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 very shiny. So if you go to my events, you'll see I rarely have lights from the dropping down onto the stage. They're all from the from the audience onto the stage because I don't want to have this horrible shiny head. And so, and it is very, very shiny if it's lit from above. So I think we have these self these self confidence issues, don't we? You know what I mean? Um, but I think it doesn't matter how you sound as long as what you're saying is helping people. That's all that matters.
1: Okay, I know I don't know how to explain again. Okay, I don't guess I, I guess number three <laughs> is, um, the impact, the information we thought that we create, put it out there, the sea we saw out there. You never know, you know. For Chris's case, it's literally generational. That, you know, after, you know, he got it as a as a teen boy. And then now look at Chris. Obviously, he's impacting, I don't know, thousands, thousands of lives because of that cassette tape. By the way, for those of you who did not know what is a cassette, see, Chris, can you tell them what is a
0: cassette? <laughs> yeah, this cassette, for, for those of you who were born probably from nineteen ninety three onwards or whatever it was the cassette is this plastic thing that has a little tape on the inside of it and we used to listen to music and audio books and things like that you would put them in this thing called a cassette player that would play these cassettes and then if you didn't want to waste the batteries on your cassette player you would get a pencil and you would put it in the <laughs> middle of one of the spokes and you'd spin it around like this so that you would rewind the tape <laughs> manually Oh, oh dear yeah, yeah. Oh, okay kids you
1: see you appreciate the digital nowadays <laughs> oh and-
0: so lucky they they have no idea. can we just go into parenting mode for a minute yeah. they have no idea how lucky they are nowadays you know daddy yes netflix isn't working God. oh <laughs> netflix isn't work. good gosh really the one website where you can watch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of TV shows and movies is not working. Oh, my heart bleeds! I had to carry things around on F- VHS to watch a film, and if you watched it more than fifty times, it would start to fade. Right? You'd have all those yeah. problems with it. Yeah. Kids, kids! What are you going to do? Okay,
1: <laughs> as you see, it doesn't matter how, <laughs> su- 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 how successful you are. We all have to deal in with parenting issue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh darn, kids! Who'd have who'd have kids? I don't know. I don't know. Well,
1: you have four. I have two. You're a double portion of a blessing. So,
0: just a sucker for punishment. That's all it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Chris, thank you, thank you so much for today's show. I mean, we we cover a lot. We cover from the what is a cassette tape is all the way to the generational impact of entrepreneurship. Yes.
0: Yes yes and it it really is generational it genuinely really is which is why you know working hard on on books and pushing out content uh, is very important yeah, particularly with something like a book you know a book never goes away a blog post kind of does a podcast episode kind of does as well but a book um a book stays around forever. A book is handed around. It's passed down. It's shared. It's it's lent. It's stolen from libraries. It's you know <laughs> there's there's something about a book, particularly, which is why I still believe it's one of the best expert positioning strategies that there is for anybody that wants to become the go-to leader in their industry. Um, I, and I, you know, I I love books. I'm a big believer in books. Big reader and, and and writer of books, and I always will be.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, we have all the fancy digital devices at home, but I still love the, you know, the print out, the, the physical books.
0: I don't, you know what, on a very serious note, I, I don't read ebooks on on Kindle or anything. I don't listen to audiobooks except with my children. We have the complete set of the Harry Potter uh, books which was uh, narrated by the brilliant Stephen Fry I mean it was as if this man was born for one sole reason and that's just clearly to narrate the Harry Potter books he's that amazing um, but yeah other than that we've uh, I, I, I don't read books electronically I want to see feel smell and touch the book you know uh, but, uh, but but from an author perspective very important that understanding that a lot of my audience do want the audio version. So I will go into a studio and record it. They do want the ebook version. So I will make sure as the author and the publisher of the book that, you know, it looks good on, on, on e-reading devices. Um, it's important if you're serving that stuff up, it's important that you do it in the right way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to consume it that way yourself.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Well, thank you again, Chris, for today's wonderful time. And then I believe that, you know, uh, we got a lot out of it and with so much value, value bombs, as always.
0: A few value bombs. If I can serve a few of those up, I'm happy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much
1: for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed the rich and fun conversation as much as I did. As Chris reminded us that we need to have the clarity as an entrepreneur and business owner, how we can serve our audience best, then choose the formats and platforms to do so consistently. Speaking of clarity, if you want to build a successful business, you do need to get clarity in five areas. They are your message, audience, profit styles, processing system, and goals. You can download a detailed guide called 5 Cs to Shine at kellybada.com forward slash clarity. Again, it's kellybada.com forward slash clarity. Did you know you can listen to our show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. That means if you use Alexa from Amazon at home, you can also give the command to play our show. Pretty cool, right? Please do subscribe and review at kellybother.com forward slash review. It helps more people can find the show. My team and I would really appreciate it. For all the goodies and show notes for this episode, please visit kellybother.com forward slash 045. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.